in West Des Moines. Hawkeye cornerback Cooper DeJean and punter Tory Taylor are named to the Sporting News All-American first team today, while linebacker Jay Higgins is on the second team. The Chiefs are at the Patriots on Sunday. Kansas City has lost three of its last four. And the Dodgers are reportedly closing in on trading for raised pitcher Tyler Glass now, who went 10-7 with a 3.53 ERA last season. I'm Daryl Joyner. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studio, with amazing slow-smoked wings and world-famous baby back ribs, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent and I take you to one coming up this hour momentarily. Bill Seals, CycloneReport.com. Check it on Iowa State with Bill. Uh, we'll head to Chicago after that. Catch up with David Kaplan uh, from ESPN 1000. And then Trent's Plays of the Day, sponsored by our friends at Circus Sports. The NFL has just announced that the uh, global initiative that they have undertaken as far as spreading this, the game, uh, making it global, Next year, 2024, I didn't see this coming, uh, they will play a game in Brazil. Uh, that's where they're heading. No, no announcement as to who the teams are going to be, but the NFL will stage a game next year. And I'm assuming they'll also go back to London, uh, but Brazil is going to host their first NFL game uh, coming up next year. Coming up at 6 o'clock tonight, boy, the uh, ESPN and e- uh, and the SEC, they're pulling out all the stops with the schedule unveil, are they not? Yes, Par- love that. They had um, uh, somebody on Good Morning America today to announce the Georgia-Alabama game. I don't know. I mean, there's it's it's a time of the year to do it. There's nothing going on. Well, you're not excited about well, it's finals week. For I get pretty it, much every know, university. I just hate that student part of the whole student. It gets theme. in the way. Doesn't it does. It? Yeah, Trent, yeah. Of content. Let's go. Uh, Bill Seals. He covers Iowa State for CycloneReport.com. Campbell and the staff have been everywhere, uh, recruiting wise, on the recruiting trail. Whether that be buttoning up relationships that are already existing, or trying to. Uh, Bring some new players into the fold and Bill Seals from the Rivals Network. A terrific resource to uh, get the very latest on all the recruiting that's going on. Signing day is a week from tomorrow or today? Week from tomorrow. Today. Is it a week from today? Wow. Yeah, December 20th. Uh, this is kind of, uh, uh, kind of the December period has become, kind of become the period. It has, yes. Football recruiting. February is kind of an afterthought and, um, I think Iowa State wants to get all its guys in in December if they can. Uh, and the success rate kind of goes down a little bit, I think, when you <laughs> de- start dealing in February, as we've kind of seen with uh, the Cyclones here in recent couple years. Indeed. The voice you're listening to, that's Bill Seals from Cyclone Report. Bill, to, just to your point, I mean, there was, um, it wasn't too long ago where rivals had to bring in extra chipmunks to keep the wheels turning uh, because th- <laughs> there were so many people logging on to Cyclone Report and Hawkeye Report and all the rival sites uh, around the February signing day. But December has uh, really taken a, a lot uh, of that, uh, of that uh, audience and of that uh, buzz away from February, no question. Yeah, yeah, really, and 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 there's so much. Uh, I think from an Iowa State perspective, I, Matt Campbell probably 
rather even have kids be able to sign in August if he could, <laughs> because the, you know anymore they get get uh, ninety to ninety five percent of this class has been on board since the summer, and and they started doing official visits now, and and the the NCAA allows them to do that in June, and so much of this class is already locked up and. You, know, you get to this time of year, and, and it seems like everywhere but Iowa State and a few other programs where there's so much continuity, there's coaching staff changes, offensive, defensive coordinators moving you know, moving spots, and, and you start worrying about uh, if you're in Iowa State, maybe some of those guys getting poached by some of those other programs going through changes. And at least with this December period now, they're able to get a lot of these guys locked up in the fold, and a good share of these uh, incoming freshmen will even be on on campus in January. So uh, I think a lot of the uncertainty, they kind of take care of that with uh, getting them on board in December. 17 prospects set to sign next week. Cooper Alexander, the highest rated, the tight end from Oklahoma, out of the high school ranks. I know, Bill, you kind of you follow these guys, you watch tape, you get a look at them. Do you have a name or two that you're excited about, guys that you look at and say, you know, maybe this is a guy that could help out early, maybe not even as a true freshman, but a guy feels like you always kind of wrap your arms around a couple. Give us a name or two you really like in this class. Well, gosh, you, you, you hit one right there, uh, Trent, uh, Cooper Alexander. He's got the NFL uh, bloodlines. His dad, Stephen Alexander, was a, a tight end in the NFL for, for many years. And I, and I think, uh, you know, he comes in into a situation. They're, they're better, I think, uh, at the tight end position than they were a season ago. But, real, I mean, they're still going to be losing – uh, Easton Dean there, and mm-hmm. you get someone like an Alexander, and he's already, I, I think, pretty close physically to what they're they're going to want him to be on Saturdays. Uh, he's one of them. Um, Iowa State hasn't been averse to playing younger linebackers here in, in recent years, especially this year. They had a fresh or starting, and uh, Kale Brazina is uh, is one of them out of the Chicago land area. Uh, Iowa State uh, had a pretty good run with uh, Jack Sadowski this year out of the Chicagoland area as well. And Brazina, like uh, Alexander, I think physically he's pretty close to to being there uh, right now. And and uh, the secondary, I think that's another uh, n- another part where the, the Cyclones really, I think, uh, have got some pretty good recruits uh, on board. Uh, cornerback that's a, a, a position going to be a position of need i think they maybe still yet to, to see if they are able to get one corner out of that transfer portal but uh one of the good ones coming in with good size out of florida quentin taylor uh Mineola, florida an area they've recruited pretty well uh, here in, in recent years and he's all he's a pretty good size uh db as well and and i think can maybe Plug in like uh, like a John Tez Williams, someone maybe playing a little early in his career, and Taylor's another one uh, that maybe we'll hit on the the Helton twins here at the on the O line. But Taylor's one that uh, some Power Fives came in uh, late on him, and and uh, the phone's been ringing. But I uh, gauging on the the in home visit Iowa State had with him here in the last couple days. I think they're in in good shape to land him as well. So I think on both sides of the ball, really, there are 
are some guys that could make an early impact in this uh, 2024 season. Uh, you mentioned the Helton twins. I believe you posted that was the you posted their picture last night, right, with Campbell and Clanton. Yeah. Uh, visit. Are they in the fold? Have they verbally committed? Yeah, yeah, they they've been on board since the summer, but again, it, it's kind of it, it hasn't stopped with them as far as other coaches calling, and and especially uh, since the end of the regular season, it's kind of op- it's open season, I guess you would say, on on several prospects that have been recruited to programs and trying to poach them away and get them on board over the next week. But uh, I think they're both on board. The connection there with Ryan Clanton was a, a, a good one. He's a, another California uh, guy that has uh, some background out there. I think that's helped, and, and certainly kind of how they've turned the corner with that offensive line position and the potential they've got uh, playing a younger guy, too, and Brendan Black. I think that's mm. certainly that the Helton Twins look at uh, you know the opportunity to come in and, and play right away. Running back's an interesting spot. You got Abu Sama, what he was able to do this year, a couple of obviously including the K-State game, spotlight games. Carson Hansen showed an ability. Arlen Harris wasn't able to see a whole lot of run out there. They bring in one freshman for next year in Dylan Lee, but just four scholarship running backs. Is that a potential place they're looking to target, bringing in even just a depth piece at running back in the transfer portal? Yeah, I, I, I certainly think that's an area, as you'll see on my site with that, uh, the transfer portal tracker, there are some running backs that, uh, that are on that list. Some of them of, of the power five variety. And I, I think, uh, they, they would be more than happy to add them, but it, uh, it's, you know, I guess it's got to be mutual. <laughs> Iowa State uh, certainly is showing a lot of interest, I think, in getting at least one of these guys, but, you know, they're also looking at coming in and not being in a, a similar position to what they were before. And that's uh, coming into a, a running back room where you've got Abu Sama that's pretty well established what he's done here in the stretch run. He's coming back, and then you've got Carson Hansen. So uh, two sophomores in the running back room that, that they're going to encounter. So that's kind of it, it's a tricky situation, but I think they'd certainly love to add a, a portal guy to – and bring some more depth to that position. I'll tell you the room that uh, fascinates me, and that's the quarterback room, to see how this is going to shake up. And I saw that Campbell and I think it was Shieldhouse, were, uh, they, they visited Moberly, the quarterback from uh, Southeast Polk, uh, who's going to be a Cyclone. Of course, we know that Rocco Beck is going to very, be very difficult uh, to beat him out. And there sits J.J. Cole right in the middle, right? Um, and, mm-hmm. and we thought that he was going to get a big, big chance. Do you think, that once we get through spring, then maybe we'll, uh, there'll be more clarity on the quarterback room. I mean, I guess where I'm going, uh, and I hate for you to speculate, I'm not asking you to, but it, it, it's JJ, they want to, JJ Cole, I'm assuming, wants to play. Uh, and Moberly's coming, and a lot of people are very high on him. And we saw what Rocco Beck did this, uh, this past year. going to be fascinating to see how this position shakes out, Bill Seals. Yeah, it really is, and I think they they reinforced to JJ Cole that he's he's one play away from being the guy, and and to keep working, and you just you, you never know with these things. I think it was only like uh, gosh, maybe three or four years ago. I think maybe it was the 2017 season where Iowa State played four quarterbacks. It seems to have settled down over the last couple of years. They've done a nice job keeping those guys healthy, but it wasn't too long ago where they had to use that entire quarterback room over the course of a season, so you just never know, and I think one thing that helps 
the, the stability of that position at Iowa State is beyond Rocco Beck. You've got uh, two two guys with some serious Iowa State ties, and in mm-hmm. in uh, JJ Cole, obviously his dad. That you know that story was well told as JJ was coming out of Ankeny, and then you've got uh, Connor Moberly. He grew up a Cyclone fan. Both his parents. Uh, uh, alums, his brother is at Iowa State right now. So I think you, you've got the makings of a, of a quarterback room there where the guys are going to want to stick around, I think, and, and want to try to persevere and, and put in the work by the time. I, I put up a story this morning on uh, Connor Moberly kind of previewing uh, next week's signing day, and he, he knows what the situation is up there at Iowa State. He knows that he's going to have to put in the work and, and the time, and, and uh, he's that to do that uh coming in and here in about a, a month he'll be joining the program full-time uh to, to your point 2017 uh, kyle camp jacob park zeb nolan and joel lanning so there's yeah. your four qb <laughs> sorry Trent. well more on the football front for me before we get into some basketball with you bill and it's a specialist we saw a great sophomore campaign punting the ball from tyler perkins he was outstanding yeah, he this was. year and then Contreras, what he was able to do but Contreras. He's out of eligibility. Did you hear it all? Jace Gilbert had such a trying freshman campaign. How the redshirt year went from him. Was there ever anything after any nuggets that you got on him during the redshirt year? A guy that's certainly talented just didn't work during that freshman year. Yeah, I think they just, just uh, they wanted him to kind of maybe get a reset a little bit and, and kind of get uh, they, they I think they felt a lot got put on his shoulders in the 2022 season and and uh, I think you saw Campbell go outside and, and get uh, uh, Nebraska someone from another program and plug him in a veteran. Uh, that worked out pretty well, and I, I think with Gilbert, we're we're going to see uh, here, here in the in the spring. Assuming he sticks around, we haven't seen anything to the contrary uh, yet on him, and and he'll be coming back as a he'll be a redshirt uh, sophomore now, so he'll still have three years of eligibility. I think they uh, there are some other portal type guys that they're they're looking at as well. There, I haven't really seen any. I haven't seen any offers extended to those guys yet so it remains to be seen if they're going to go that route or if they've got someone in Gilbert they think is a keeper and then obviously Keegan Shackford we all see what type of leg he has and he could be someone maybe to handle the longer stuff if it if it comes to that and then maybe have Gilbert be the the shorter uh, yardage type of guy. Uh Finals are going on, so it's a very slow week basketball-wise. Any news? Will you guys get uh, TJ? Did you have him this morning by chance? Yeah, yeah. He was up in, up in Ames uh, in the, the Sioux Cup uh, practice facility this morning. Uh, it's, it's one of those uh, unique times, certainly with finals going on. Uh, when, when spring finals are going on, we don't have basketball like we do right now, but uh, they've got a, a week off with that. I uh, think they also have like a six day uh six day off stretch earlier here in the non-conference season so they're back to that it seems like they've been playing games in bunches or they've had a little bit of a layoff so i think that uh uh getting guys through finals here and and uh obviously that's the the priority right now and then then trying to stay sharp and and uh ready to roll on sunday when florida a&m comes to Ames, a, a program by the way 
not too not too many years ago that upset Iowa State here in this the similar right. uh, stretch of the season. I think it was 2019. I, yeah, I don't remember yeah, that. It was wow. an ugly one. It was. Yeah. Hey, maybe it the... was one of the low points of the Steve Frome uh, era. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. and it, it got very low by the end of that one. You know, people talked about seeing Omaha Blue out there in the uh, last game on Sunday against Prairie View, but I thought my biggest takeaway was Curtis Jones hitting some shots. It's great to see. Yeah. Six yeah. three-pointers in the game, had not shot it well from the outside. Was he six for seven? He was six really, of eight. Six of eight? Yeah, yeah, he shot 39% as a freshman at Buffalo. This is a guy that can fill it up from the outside. That kind of scoring ability, that kind of shooting ability off the bench, that would be a huge boost to this team, Bill. Well, yeah, and you've seen with these guys kind of the body of work from their previous stops. Uh, Jones uh, certainly had started off at Iowa State. He wasn't shooting it well, but you had to figure that he was gonna he was gonna return to what we saw in his previous stops as far as percentage wise before all was said and done. Same thing with Keyshawn Gilbert. I think he was. Uh, did he start off? I think two for ten or two for eleven from three, and he's certainly caught fire as well. And it's just it's it's amazing what a difference. Uh, a season makes with that backcourt because this is an entirely different team and you're seeing why they've already granted it's been against a couple of slappies so far but they've been uh, hit the century mark in two games and you know scoring in the 80s and 90s and so much more an efficient offense when you've got more than just uh, Taman Lipsy as, as a primary ball handler and you've got some outside shooting as well. You going to Vegas for Big 12 media days in July? I'm looking forward to that guy. <laughs> so are we. <laughs> we gonna we gonna see you out there. As, as yeah, well? You can bet your bottom yeah. dollar. Yeah, I bet. absolutely. Yeah, that's it. you know the All Star Game for baseball was going on uh, next July too, and around the same time that Big Twelve Media Day typically is, and that was just going to be a cluster down in that. Oh, it's area. that's it's in Arlington the All Star Game next year. Yes. Oh, yeah. so disaster! It's, and it's the same time and. In July, last year when Big 12 Media Day was going on, it was kind of a bummer hitting the, the sports bars down there between sessions for the media because there was no baseball going on because it was the All-Star break. So, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be uh, a good move, though, I think, moving out to Vegas for, for that. Yeah, last time I covered Big 12 Media Days, I covered a guy that's now a United States senator, which is wild to think. Uh, I spent 15 minutes talking to Tommy Tuberville, Coach Tommy Tuberville, now Senator uh, Tuberville, which is wild. But that, here we are. Anyways, Bill, we'll see you out there, but we'll talk to you next week. Uh, appreciate What's coming up at CycloneReport.com? Uh, obviously, uh, signing day a week from today. You guys at Rivals all over it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be a busy next week. Uh, I put together uh, some recruiting pieces here that, that uh, just kind of wrap up the recruiting class. I'll have some pretty in-depth uh, capsules on the offensive and defensive sides and getting into each recruit with some bios and highlight videos and kind of a, uh, some good resource type pieces for the subscribers. Uh, this weekend, there's going to be some more official visits. Iowa State didn't get into too much uh, where that was concerned last weekend, but this weekend they've got a couple of, of committed kids coming in, a, a wide receiver out of Utah, actually, uh, Dominic Overby has told me he's coming in town this weekend as we see uh, you guys were looking at that commitment list a little bit earlier. Uh, wide receiver is still one of those needs. Uh-huh. They've just got one committed right now, and Overby is, is kind of one of those late bloomers that really 
put some huge numbers up as a senior and would be a nice uh, nice piece of the puzzle here as they try to get two guys on board for uh, 2024. We look forward to it. Thank you, Bill Seals. We'll speak with you next week. CycloneReport.com, part of the Rivals Network. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for having me, guys. We'll yep. see you next week. Yep. Good to talk to you. Bill Seals, we check in on the Cyclones. We'll check in on Chicago sports with our buddy David Kaplan next. It's Miller and Condon on 106.3. So now. If you have a low interest rate on your property and a lower tolerance for tenants, then you have two choices. Sell it and say goodbye to a great investment or keep it. Hold on to that rate and let the professional landlords at Renner's Warehouse manage it for you. Why hire Renner's Warehouse? Because we free you to do the things you love, like take a vacation, have dinner with your family, or acquire more properties to achieve more financial independence. You already know that renting delivers cash flow, appreciation, and tax benefits. Renner's Warehouse also frees you from finding tenants, collecting rent, and handling those annoying 3 a.m. maintenance calls. The choice is yours. Sell your property, keep DIYing everything, or hire Renner's Warehouse to get the best of all worlds. You're free to cancel within 90 days and even get your management fees back. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com today to book your free home rental price analysis or call 515-528- 44ci.com The Neighborhood Tavern at 1350th Street in West Des Moines is under new ownership. And it's now Bevy's Tavern. It's a great place to unwind after a long day, catch up with friends, catch a ball game over delicious drinks and tasty bites. Come eat, come sip, and come socialize. Bevy's Tavern with new ownership. At 1350th Street, just off 235. Exclusions apply. Last summer, my house was hit with hail. Between assessing damage on the roof and dealing with insurance, it can be a stressful situation. Luckily for me, it wasn't stressful because I called my friends with Wolf Roofing. We were able to get a new roof on our family home in one day. It looked sharp, everything was cleaned up, and now we have peace of mind with our new roof. Set up your next roofing project with Wolf Roofing at 515 515- 225-8866. Or you can go online at Wolf Roof. Awesome. Come on. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's cut the song, get right to the cap man. A little bit late getting to him. David Kaplan, ESPN 1000 in Chicago. He joins us weekly. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes that possible. Cap, good to catch up with you, Trent. And Ken, when you saw the price tag that came along with Shohei Otani, uh, did you breathe a sigh of relief that the Cubs uh, and the and 28 other teams uh, missed out on him as he ends up as a Dodger? Were you glad the Cubs didn't get him? Yes, thrilled. And again, he's a great player. You know, I don't want anyone to go, well, I don't think Shohei's very good. Yeah, he's a great player. Seven hundred million is still seven hundred million. I don't care if he defers for ten years or not. You know, people say, "Well, just invest that money, and then you can make all that." No, you have to actually starting. I believe it's thirty uh, uh, twenty-four months. They have to make the first forty-four million dollar escrow payment to MLB so that that money's guaranteed. Right. So it's not like the money's going to go into some annuity fund and they're going to get Shohei for free. That's not how that works. So, no, the Cubs need a third baseman, a first baseman. Is Pete Crow Armstrong ready to be your everyday center fielder? I hope so, but I don't know that. 
They need a number one starter. They need three relievers, one of whom can close, and probably two bench players. But they need a lot. They have good players. They need a lot. $700 million for that guy? And he can't pitch, and I don't know if he'll ever pitch. He may. He's had two elbow surgeries already. No, hard pass. Jed Hoyer now has a different look at things. He went out a year ago, got DNSB Swanson, but hasn't exactly swung for the fences at this point in time. There isn't a whole lot of swing for the fences guys left out there at this point, but how aggressive do you anticipate Hoyer's going to be now, now that the Otani card is completely off the table? I think he's still going to be reasonably aggressive. I mean, you know, I know they've talked with Cleveland about Shane Bieber as well as Emmanuel Classe. Wow. But Classe's contract is phenomenal. I mean... Why he ever signed it, I have no idea, but people do things for different reasons. But he's locked up for like four more years at amazingly affordable money. And he's elite. So he's elite. And he's 25 years old, turning 26. So if you go get Emmanuel Classe on that contract and that talent, it's going to cost you a fortune in prospect capital. You're going to take all of Bieber's money. He's had some injury issues, so there's a a dice roll there because I think Tyler Glass now is headed to the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you don't get Bieber, who's out there unless you go get Yamamoto or Imanaka, the two Japanese starters, and the latter being good, not elite like Yamamoto, who's 25. The other guy, I think, is 30 or 31. They're not getting Yamamoto. I don't believe it. I'll believe it when I see it. I think he's going to the Yankees the Mets, or the Dodgers. so, And he's a $300 million or more cost, and he's never shown one pitch in MLB. Not one. So can he make it here? They all believe he can, but they also thought Hideki Arabu and Masahiro yeah. Tanaka yeah. and all these guys yeah. were going to be, oh, my God, the greatest thing ever. And they were, okay, dice came at Suzaka, okay. $300 million? That's that's another dice roll. Those are the moves that get you fired. It's not, well, we traded for this guy, we took a shot, or we drafted it. That doesn't get you fired. Too many of them, yes. But when you pay an owner's checkbook of 300-plus to a guy who's never played in the big leagues and he doesn't make it, that's on the team president. Uh, any chance Cody Bellinger that they uh, circle around on him? Yes. I definitely think they're back in play on Cody Bellinger. Look, I think Cody understood. Everyone was going after Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. So, but Cody Bellinger can play first base for you. He can, if Pete Armstrong is struggling, he can play center field. So, I do think they will do, you know, their due diligence on Cody Bellinger. Will they get him? I don't think they're going to three hundred million on him. I don't think anyone is. That's what I keep hearing from people in the know at the winter meetings who are telling me that's what Boris is telling them. Yeah, we're looking for a 10-year deal. Well, yeah, so am I. And nobody's going to give me one or them. So I would be stunned if he got anywhere close to that. I'm guessing the Cubs would be comfortable 7 at 180, 6 at 180, throw in an option year so the value sounds better, maybe. But do I see them going way north of $200 million? I don't. They were able to cobble together a pretty decent bullpen. It was a bit of a surprise, a lot of names that not a whole lot of people definitely knew coming into the season. Is that 
the blueprint? Is that bl- how you believe Hoyer going forward is going to build that bullpen? Young arms, guys coming up, field starters, and and feel? Or do you anticipate maybe that's an area they'll look to bolster this offseason? I think he's going to bolster with some you know, high-leverage arm. Is that Josh Hader? Is that somebody else? I don't know if he's going to play in the Hader end of the pool. A lot of mileage on that arm now. Yep. But he's still really, really good, too. So do you pay just pay money for Hater, which would probably I'm gonna guess be what five at a hundred, something like what uh, the kid uh, Edwin Diaz got last year from the Mets, and then he got injured, or do you give up prospect capital to get a younger, cheaper asset in Emmanuel Class A? That's probably what's being discussed. And then you know the the dirty secret that's not being talked about is all these teams that are dealing with their TV deals blowing up mm-hmm. like the Matt, like, uh, excuse me, the twins yep. and the Mariners. There's a ton of these teams that were aligned with the Valley regionals through Sinclair and diamond sports group. And all of a sudden those are blowing up. And they're not getting their payment. So these teams are in serious financial trouble in terms of what they could do with their payroll. That does not at this point affect the Cubs. A uh, couple on the white Sox. One of them, and it's apparently Mike, uh, pertain to the Cubs. That's Liam Hendricks, who I saw a report yesterday that the Cubs might be interested in him. And when did we hear what the White Sox are ultimately going to do? There's a lot of offers apparently out there. Uh, it would be a steep price to pay, but there's, you know, I got to think there's suitors for Dylan Cease. When will we hear the White Sox making a move? And is there anything to the Liam Hendricks leaving the Sox to go north to the Cubs? See, he's not going to pitch next year because he has the a- whole year cap. Maybe, maybe he comes back late August. I mean, this is a guy who dealt with his cancer treatment yep. and then came back and then blew his arm out. Yep. So, is he? I mean, is he available August, September? Maybe, but you know, the Cubs' prior regime, of course, have a history of taking flyers on guys that got injured and they rehab them and they sign them to a cheap contract while they rehab and then. If they're healthy and they can do it, then they get the bigger money. And they did that successfully with Ryan Dempster, who blew out in Cincinnati, I believe, and then they brought him here. Jim Hendry signed him. He rehabbed for a whole year and then became a good closer and then a good starter. And then there was a kid, and I'm trying um, wait, was it Wade Miller who pitched for Houston? They signed huh. him to, I think, a $5 million deal, and he never got right. So that was just a waste of money. But they took a shot. So, yeah, could I see them doing that with Liam, who's a great guy? All his doctors are here. Absolutely. It may be silly to say for a team that's 5-8, and eight, but I think the Bears are pretty good. Defense has made immense steps forward. Eberflus calling the plays on that side. Fields has looked at minimum competent. This is a pretty good team. Yeah, they're in a deep hole at 5-8. and eight. How do you see this Bears team right now as we sit here on December 13th? Uh, trending up, certainly, yep. playing better. Now, they learned this morning Yannick Ngakwe's done for the year, broke his ankle mm. in the Lions game. So that's a big blow to not have your other pretty solid $10.5 million pass rusher. That's a problem. And then, you know, I, I watched the All-22, and maybe I'm not a former NFL guy, but I think I know what I'm looking at. Justin was not great in the Detroit game. He made, as he always does, Flash plays like the play on fourth and thirteen. Yeah, they are going to let the clock tick down, and then take a delay of game, give their punter a little more room, 
and punt the football. Aiden Hutchinson, brain cramp, jumps offside. Free play, and Fields correctly reads it and hits D.J. Moore, who gets behind the corner. No safety help over the top. Touchdown, Bears win. They added on the, the uh, other splash play, his run to the end zone. That is what Justin is. But there are a lot of throws, man, that he missed. Missed a wide-open Cole Komet. Had another one. He's rolling around. He holds the ball for north of six seconds. Tom Brady, as I always told you, said, ball's got to be out no more than 2.75. He holds it, holds it, holds it, all the way down by the sideline. He finally crosses body, throws back, hits Cole Komet, coming back, holding. If he hits him when he's originally open, there's no time to hold. So he has things to work on. I still believe, and you should grab the Daniel Jeremiah audio from Moving the Sticks. It's out there. You can find it. I still believe they're going to draft Caleb Williams at this point. I do. That's I'm convinced. where my head is at this point. Yeah, I'm convinced of it. Uh, Cap, uh, one more on the Bears. Uh, Montez Sweat, how big of a difference has he made in that defense? He has been sensational. And anyone that doesn't understand why they made that trade just should hang up their football and analyst card like Mike Lombardi. Memo to him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you look at what he's done with this defense, and they got him locked up. They knew before they made the trade that they were acquiring him and signing him. They knew that. They had already talked to his agent. And the, the parameters were the Rashawn Gary deal in Green Bay. I think he beat it by a dollar. So getting him in here in the prime of his career is better than any second-round pick you were ever going to get. They're all flyers. You don't know what you're getting. You do know what this guy and the defense has been way better since he arrived. No no doubt about it. Uh, we've got five seconds left on a scale to 1 to 10. How good was Connor Bedard's goal yesterday? Uh, 20. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe, I don't know how he got it in the upper right corner of the net. It was amazing. Unbelievable hands. Thank you, Cap. Have a great week. We'll talk to you in seven days. Thanks, Capper. Got it. Have a great day. Yeah, see you, buddy. David Kaplan brought to us by uh, Centurion Stone. Centurion Stone of Iowa. That's the website. You can find them uh, at the showroom, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. A uh, bunch of testimonials on the site. Uh, visit the showroom. There'll be You'll, you'll find what you're looking for. Now, if, assuming you're looking for manufactured or natural stone, want to access that update uh, or update either the inside or the outside uh, of your home. Project of any size. Centurion Stone of Iowa. With Circus Sports sponsors Trent's Play of the Day. It's next on Miller and Condon 106.5. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 kicks. And Omurf and Andy coming up in seven minutes. The drive with Heather and Sean 3 until 6. Trent's going to make some plays. Circus Sports sponsor those. It is a putrid night in college hoops. <laughs> yeah, didn't go back to the well at the NHL. I did uh, think about putting together another puck line parlay, but didn't go that route after last night in your stupid chest. I think you're over for 2 on my squad. Would you back I, off? Okay, we'll stop. We'll stop betting on them, but you know come April what's going to be happening. We'll jump aboard. Just three plays in college basketball tonight. Uh, number one, Louisville. This is not going well. Year number two of the new regime is going to end in year number two. Arkansas State's getting three and a half. We'll take it with the Red Wolves. I think Louisville loses again at home. You can get into the Yum Center for $2 tonight. Seems high. <laughs> 
Vegas, UNLV playing host now, to the Creighton Blue Jays. That might be the marquee game of the night. If it, I think it is. Absolutely is. It's on CBS Sportsnet 221 on your DirecTV. Give me the Rebs, plus the 13 against the Blue Jays. Still trying to tighten up that defense as Creighton. I'll grab the points here. Speaking of grabbing points, well, you know me. Anytime I get an opportunity to fade Steve Alford, as I did Saturday, mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to the well again. Weber State, Harold the Show, Archino will not be showing up for Weber State. Neither will Dame Lillard. That's fine. We'll grab the 10 against Nevada. All right. Three picks. You can find them at the Action Network if you miss them. Uh, don't miss, miss Murph and Andy. They're coming up at 1 o'clock. Again, the drive with Heather and Sean. Bring the curtain down on another day of local programming. We're Miller and Condon weekdays, 11 to 1 on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KX and O.